0: going to um, read um, from the book of 1 Peter, chapter 1, starting at verse 13. If you want to follow in the church Bibles, it's on page 1217. Therefore, with minds that are alert and fully sober, set your hope on the grace to be brought to you when Jesus Christ is revealed at his coming. As obedient children, Are in God. Now that you've purified yourselves by obeying the truth, so that you have sincere love for each other, love one another deeply from the heart. For you've been born again, not of perishable seed, but of imperishable, through the living and enduring word of God. For all people are like grass, and all their glory is like the flowers of the field. The grass withers, and the flowers fall, but the word of the Lord endures forever. And this is the word that was preached to you. Therefore, rid yourselves of all malice and all deceit, hypocrisy, envy and slander of every kind. Like newborn babies, crave pure spiritual milk so that by it you may grow up in your salvation. Now that you have tasted that the Lord is good.
1: Thank you, uh, Naomi. Let me add my welcome to you. My name's um, Andy. I'm part of the staff team here. I get to lead the youth work in the church, which is great fun. And it's my privilege to take us on the next little bit of One Peter. We're going to be going the whole way through One Peter. We've done uh, two sessions on it. If you haven't been here for it, it might be really helpful if you're going to be joining uh, with us to catch up to those messages online, which you can do. Now let me first say, uh, in that passage, I'm not going to explain everything. 1 Peter is really rich, isn't it? There's so much there. So I'm not going to unpack every little line that you have seen there. But what I'm going to try and do is get across what I read to be the kind of main urge, the main message, which is a call for God's people to be holy, to live a holy life. Now, I wonder what you think of when you hear the challenge, the call to be holy. Maybe for some of you think, that's not for me, that's for the experienced, mature Christians. That's for those in the monasteries. Uh, Maybe actually you think, actually, I've been living a holy life for quite a long time now. (laughs) I think I've made it. There was a young man who thought he made it at the time when uh, Charles Spurgeon was around. And he told Charles Spurgeon that he thought... He'd made it. He'd reached the state of sinless perfection. And so Spurgeon had a very simple and effective way to test whether this was true. Uh, He picked up a cup of water and he threw it in his face. By the man's reaction, the doctrine of sinless perfection was speedily disproved. (laughs) (laughs) Now, whatever our reaction to this kind of first impression on being called to live A holy life. It is a call for all of us. This letter wasn't just addressed to leaders. The call to live a holy life maybe isn't a popular one. And maybe that's because sometimes when we think of holy living, we think of people that uh, follow the do's and the don'ts. It might be mundane and the opposite to adventurous. But this is far from the picture that we get in the New Testament. And it's far from the picture that Peter for us as well. Imagine a new baby welcomed in to a family. The scene is not dull or boring, and neither is it for the coming weeks and months and even years as the child begins to grow up. It's exciting. It has ups and downs. There's new discoveries of first smiles and first words, first steps, and new experiences. And actually, the call to holy living is part of the growing up for all of us as disciples of Jesus. Talks about growing up in our reading, chapter 2 and verse 2. So, the call to a holy life is a call for all disciples of Jesus, is one of adventure. Simon Ponserby, when talking about holiness, talks about the joyful pursuit of holiness. He says, there's nothing miserable about holiness, of becoming more like Jesus. So it was an outline to help us tackle this passage and think about this call to holiness. There's three different questions I want to help us to think about. Firstly, uh, what is the call to be holy? What do we mean when we say we're called to be holy? Um, how that call can be for people like me and people like you? Uh, Is it just for others or is it really for us? And how can we actually grow in holiness? I believe that we collectively as disciples are called to be holy, to be image bearers of God, to be like God, to be lights in our world as that reading reflected that Calvin kicked off our service with. I want to turn to someone uh, next to you, near you, and say, you are looking very holy tonight. I don't know know how that makes you feel. But when, when Peter is addressing the people he's writing to, he calls them holy. Now, I'm sure not all of them felt like they were holy. Peter has unpacked this great salvation story. Roger helped us think about that a little bit last week, that we have a living hope in Jesus, that we have a safe inheritance that goes beyond this life, that that kind of past, present, future thing, that we've been saved by Jesus from our sin, who was crucified for us, that we are being saved by the living Jesus and his work by spirit in our life, and that we're going to be saved by Jesus, the coming Jesus. As a result, Peter calls his readers or hearers, as it would have been for many people across what we think was the Turkey area, to be alert and to be sober, to fully listen and to be attentive. Now, I've been caught out many times when I haven't been fully attentive. Driving from North Wales through South Wales back to Bath, you're having a great, interesting conversation. Uh, you get to the M4, you're not paying attention, and you turn right, west, instead of left, east. Uh, that's right, yeah. And, um, and, and you lose quite a lot of time. Or I remember at least one moment when I've been on this stage sharing it uh, with our children's work of Victoria. And uh, it's her bit, so I kind of switch off a little bit, think about what I'm going to say. Uh, not to know that I then go and say the very things she's just said and the whole congregation laugh at me and I don't really know why. What was the problem? I wasn't being attentive. And there's a call here to be attentive, to not let things just drift, drift by, not just let life happen to us, but to be attentive. This message is a call to be attentive, to switch on again and hear the call to holiness, the call to live a holy life found this really helpful. This is a slide Roger shared last week, things we can expect in kind of a normal pattern in many of the letters, sometimes called epistles in the New Testament. And um, today we're in the initial exhortation, this kind of urge. I don't really use the word exhortation or to exhort. It means to strongly encourage or to urge or to call people to. And so we have this call to holy living. What do we mean by this call to be holy? As obedient children, the believers had obeyed Jesus' call to follow him, to place their trust in Jesus in the new way of living, not conforming to the old ways of living. They were called to be holy. This word holy means to be set apart. It's not to be mistaken for being apart altogether. It carries the idea of being different and pure, not to be mistaken with moralism Another definition is godlikeness. The word holy is often reserved for God alone, but we're called to be holy here. We're called to copy, to imitate God, to be like Jesus. A holy life is one that is set on Jesus, as Peter calls his followers to put their hope in him and the grace that he brings and will bring the holy life is one of obedience to our King, Jesus. It's rooted in Jesus. It's focused on Jesus. It's lived with Jesus. A holy life is the life that God has for all of us, uh, whether we're 12, uh, whether we're in the later stages of our life and been Christian for years. This call to live a life set apart, live a life different, live a life that imitates God is for all of us. God's people were called to be holy, to be a set-apart people, not to be a feel-good-about-how-we-live people, but to be a light to the nations and to live for God's glory. And so Peter exhorts, strongly encourages, urges God's people to be holy in all you do. This call to holiness isn't to do some holy activities or to look holy, but it's a whole life to have a life set apart for God. And it's for everyone who wants to be a disciple of Jesus. Why? Because he who called you is holy. Be holy because I am holy, verse 16 says. I've got three children, the youngest of which regularly makes some ridiculous comments. Um, I picked him up from nursery the other day and said, what did you do today? He said, we jumped over the nursery and we landed in Africa. And then we got a plane back, but it only had one wing on it. Uh, all right, okay, anything else you did? Uh, my friend fell over, and his arm snapped off. Uh, uh, okay, um, I'm, not, I'm not sure I believe, in, I believe that. It sounds a bit ridiculous. Uh, a couple of days later, I was giving him a lift, uh, because I'm his dad, uh, <laughs> and, and his friend, okay? And um, he, he turns to his friend. I make some silly comment, which I often do. And he says, don't listen to my dad. He's ridiculous. <laughs> And um, he's said that comment more than once. And it, it really, if I'm honest, it is a case of like father, like son. I make many silly comments and my kids are beginning to copy me. And this call to holiness is a like parent, like child call. God is holy. As part of his family, we're called to imitate him and to be like him. So, so what does it mean to be holy? It's this word that means to be set apart, which doesn't mean just to be apart together. It's this meaning of Purity and being different, of being Godlike, of copying the Jesus way of living. That's what the call to live a holy life is. Well, how then can we be holy? How can normal people like me and you, who make all sorts of mistakes and bad choices, be like holy, be holy? I um, think of it a little bit like this. We think God is so pure that we just can't get near him. How can we be described in a similar way to God? It's like trying to push two magnets together. I've tried this for quite a long time in the past and you just can't, they just won't come together. God is different to us. He is pure and we are not. God is holy. Then how can we be called to be holy then? Surely it's impossible. This call to be holy that we read was a quote from Leviticus where God's people were called to be set apart from the other nations and had the very real tangible presence of God amongst them. This was worked out with elaborate cleansing and washing ceremonies. In fact, Jewish soldiers would often carry spades with them as they traveled around so they could continue to practice some of these ceremonies. But the dirt from which the Israelites were to be cleansed in many ways is a picture of the spiritual defilement, the spiritual dirt that needed dealing with. And Jesus dealt with it once and for all, for all of us, as the following verses go on to make clear. Make clear. So how can we be holy? The simple answer is Jesus. And these next section of verses really help us to get that. They say that you were redeemed for, you know, that it was not with perishable things such as silver or gold that you were redeemed from the empty way of life handed down to you from your ancestors. But with the precious blood of Christ, a lamb without blemish or defect, they were bought back with a price. The Bible talks about how the consequence for the fact we miss the holy mark of living God's way, the consequence of sin is death. It's a picture a uh, law court and a judge calling us in before him, calling me in for him and listing the many ways and times when I haven't followed his way. And this is a, there's a penalty for this and I go in my pockets and think, okay, what have I got to pay for this? What have I got to be redeemed, to be set free again? And um, there's a little bit of gold coins and that's, I say, here it is, that's not enough. I get out the silver coins I have as well that's not enough. Maybe I could talk about other things I've achieved, the good times I have had, the merits I could call upon, but it's not enough. It says you were redeemed, not by silver or gold, but by the precious blood of Jesus. How can normal people like me and you be called holy? It's all to do with Jesus. By his precious blood have we been redeemed. And so we're in the law court and I'm there and I have nothing. And it's as if the judge comes down and says, well, no, you couldn't pay. The consequence actually is death. And rather than you pay it, I, the judge myself, will come down and I will step in your place. I will take the payment. My precious blood will be given so that you can be set free, so that you can be part of my holy people. We've been redeemed. That's why we can be called Holy. This isn't just kind of a plan B. This was always part of the plan. Verse 20 says, "He, talking of Jesus, was chosen before the creation of the world, but was revealed in these last times for your sake." The disciples had experienced him. Peter, someone who knew Jesus, was writing about this. Jesus was Plan A. He was Plan A, so that you and I could be part of God's family, part of this holy nation, this set apart people who can live in a God-like way, not because we feel good enough, not because we've done enough, but because this is plan A. Jesus redeemed us. He was chosen to do this. There's a response in here that makes it possible for us to be called holy. 21, through him, you believe in God who raised him from the dead and glorified him. And so your faith and hope are in God. The reason Peter was calling his friends, his fellow believers who is writing to holy was because they put their belief in the one who was chosen before the beginning of time, who had redeemed them by the cross and by the resurrection. He says they are purified by obeying the truth. They've responded to the gospel that Jesus had redeemed them. That's what enabled them to be called holy. It's all about what Jesus has done. Peter, not for the first time, uses this phrase of being born again, finding new spiritual life that starts now and goes on forever. It's the gift. Why can we be holy? Why can we have this new life? It's all to do with Jesus. There is a sense of kind of the the past, the present and the future in this as well. Peter, on more than one occasion, calls his people holy in chapter 2 and verse 9, he talks about the holy priesthood, labelling them as holy now. There's a sense in which they are holy because they've been made holy by Jesus, having put their faith in him. There's also a sense in which they are being built into a holy people, still a work in process, as many of us would feel ourselves. God's still at work in our life by his spirit, helping us to become more like him. We do our part as well. It's the work of of the spirit. And so you have the similar phrase, but this time in chapter two, verse five, it says they're being built into a spiritual house to be a holy priesthood. And in the future, one day when we stand before God as disciples, who have put our faith in Jesus, we will become like him and we will be holy. We will reflect him more fully. So how is this possible that normal people like you and me can be called to be holy? And it's very simply all about Jesus and the gospel and what he's done. To be holy is to be set apart, to be different, to shine as a light for God. And the reason we can be called to be holy is because of the gospel. It's because of what Jesus has done for us. So what does a holy life look like then? How can we grow in holiness? I just want to pull a few points out from this passage, examples, kind of character traits that you could expect in a holy people. And maybe these are the things that are kind of challenges and actions for us. Just to give you a heads up, uh, having done that, we're going to finish with a takeaway thought, uh, which uh, we haven't done for a little while, but I've got, <coughs> I've got a nice little microphone here. And um, I'm going to invite you in groups to, to share some of the things that have been helpful for you, what your takeaways are. And then we'll have the chance to share that together. So just be listening in and be thinking, oh, what might I be able to share with the people next to me? We're we not going to force you to share. You can listen in to people as well. But just uh, uh, Peter's call as well to be attentive as we listen to this, because we're going to uh, ask you to join in and look forward to hearing from you as well. So what does a holy life look like? What, how can we grow in holiness? The first thing I want to say, is about being Christ-focused. Set your hope on the grace to be brought to you when Jesus Christ is revealed at his coming. Time and time again in the New Testament, there's this call to focus on Jesus. One of the other passages that's really helpful when thinking about holiness is Colossians 3. If you're gripped by this and want to do some further kind of reading and praying about it, then maybe read Colossians 3. It starts like this. Set your hearts on things above where Christ is seated at the right hand of God. Set your mind on things above, not on earthly things. A holy life is marked by a focus on Jesus. Is our attention on Jesus. I read this week the story of a golfer who was before my time, Jack Nicholas. Give me a wave if you knew him, before follow a little bit of golf. Okay, uh, he was a great golfer. Uh, he won 20 majors and seventy-one had 71 wins on the USA PGA Tour. Now, in between kind of the close of every season, um, he would come back to his coach and he would say to the same coach, a guy called Jack Grout, teach me to play again. And he would learn the same strokes in the same manner. He didn't really change his style, his technique during his career, because he knew what he'd learned time and time again served him well. For him and his golf career, the way into success was the way on. And for us as disciples, the way into God's kingdom, the way into God's family to knowing him is the way on. We can never mature beyond needing a Christ focus. It's really quite simple. How do we live as holy people? We stay focused on Jesus. We remember and celebrate and stay focused on him seated at the right hand of God, on his crucifixion, on his resurrection, on the fact that he ascended again and sent his spirit. The way to living a set apart life is staying focused on Jesus. We need to be reminded of that regularly. Whatever stage we're at in our discipleship journey, there's a call to focus on Jesus if we want to live a holy life. Live out your faith. The mark of a holy life is a faith lived out. Peter describes us like foreigners here because our permanent residence is with Jesus. We're citizens of heaven, of his kingdom. But while we're here, we're to live out our faith in every area of our lives. And so the holy life affects how we're going to be in our workplaces this week, just as much as it affects how we're going to sing the songs as we worship together in our moment. The call to live A holy life affects how we're going to be in the sports club we're involved in this week just as much as it affects how we're going to pray together. The call to live a holy life affects how we're going to be with family or friends when our guard is down just as much as it affects how much we're going to put in the offering as we worship together. This call to live a holy life affects every area of our life. Live out in your time as foreigners here in reverent fear. Live it out in every area of your life. It's also marked by a love for one another. The call to the holy life is a call to love one another. Again, it's very, very simple. This should be no surprise to us, it both copies the words of Jesus and the actions of Jesus. It copies his feet washing example and the words he teaches through his parables. This is one of the key ways that we can collectively shine, not just being individual holy people, but collectively being a holy community, a holy people for God. My family had a bit of a rough ride uh, last half term. Uh, My wife had post-viral fatigue for a number of weeks. Uh, Two of our children had chicken pox. Uh, one of our sons had his leg cut open down the side, and then I had appendicitis and had my appendix out. Uh, so it was quite adventurous uh, in our family's life. But it was a great reminder to me of how great it is to be part of a church community where we love one another. We were on the receiving end of uh, many meals and phone calls and offers for help. And it was a reminder to me to be that community to other people, one of the marks of the Christian community of people that are called to be holy is to love one another practically. Love one another doesn't say only love those the same as you, only love those that speak your language, only love those you get on with, but love one another as a community. In John's gospel there's only one clear command given by Jesus and it's to love one another in John 13, 34, the fact it's commanded highlights that it's not just about whether we feel like it, it's not just about an emotion, it's a choice and it's an action. We're called to be a holy people who are marked by loving one another. Two more things, we're called to be a people as we grow in holiness who put off or who get rid of, therefore rid yourself of all malice and deceit, hypocrisy, envy and slander. The call to be holy is to take off the way of living that's not helpful and to follow Jesus, to take off, to get rid, to put off. I had the privilege of going to Burkina Faso uh, when I was about 20, um, country in West Africa, and uh, as you can imagine, I wore shorts and t-shirt, okay? And um, every day uh, I'd get back to the place we were staying, different places, and I'd be so impressed with how my tan was coming on, um, only to soon to discover it wasn't really tan, it was dust. And so I would shower, uh, and then the next day again, for a moment, I'd think I was getting a good tan, but I needed to shower again. And this call to get rid of, to put off, isn't just a once in a moment, one, one time thing. It's a regular call that Peter's hearers needed to hear and we need to hear. When Peter was approached by Jesus to have his feet washed, he kind of went to the extreme ends. Firstly, he thought, no, I don't need my feet washed at all. Uh, I should be serving you. And then Jesus insists and he says, well, wash all of me. And um, he, he didn't quite... Get it, did he? But there's this call that actually, regularly, we need to be washed, we need to put off, we need to get rid of some of the unhelpful attitudes, practices that we get into. To be a holy people is to be a people who are repentant, a people who turn back and say sorry time and time again, like getting that practice of saying that. A people who turn back to God and say again, this is what I need to put off. I'm fairly confident that these words weren't just for this moment for the hearers. They would have been relevant then, but they would have been words they needed to come back to again to kind of practice the putting off, the getting rid of once again. And finally, there was this call to grow up. What does it look like to be holy? How do we grow in holiness? There's this call to grow up in faith. The excitement of following Jesus and being holy is a journey of growth and it doesn't stop until we go to be with Jesus. This phrase talks about pure spiritual milk. Now that's not the same as some other illustrations we see in the New Testament where there's kind of this milk first and then moving on to solid food. This is for all who need to grow up. I'd suggest that's you and I as we seek to grow up in our salvation as we work out what it means to be a follower of Jesus. Well, what was it? What is this milk he's referring to? Well, at the end of chapter one, Peter writes about the word that was preached to you. This is the word that causes us to find new life and hope in Jesus or to be born again, as verse 23 puts it. The word nourishes the soul like milk nourishes the body of a new baby. We need it to grow. So how do we do that? We can feed on it by listening to it. We can feed on it by having it taught to us. We can feed on it by reading it ourselves or watching it. We need the milk of God's word to grow in holiness. It draws our attention back to Jesus. As today's passage has, it calls us to live for God. It reminds us to love one another and challenges us to rid ourselves of all that is unhelpful. And so here's the call from God the Father through Peter to us as individuals and as a community. Be holy because I am holy. Be set apart. Be different. Be pure. Be like me because I am holy. Like our Heavenly Father, like us. We can do this with the help of the Holy Spirit. We can do this because Jesus qualifies us to do this. And what is it What does it look like? It looks like focusing on Jesus. It looks like affecting all of our life. It looks like putting off what's unhelpful. It looks like us intentionally wanting to grow up. And it's marked by the love that others will see that we share with one another. The challenge today then is to say, well, are we up for it? Are we up for responding to this call? Maybe it's a call that you counted yourself out of before. You thought this wasn't for me. Maybe you've responded to it many times before. But here's the challenge. Will we be a people who say yes? We hear the call. We hear the strong urge, the strong encouragement, the exhortation in this letter to be holy, to imitate God. As I said, uh, we're going to invite you guys to share with one another now um, Maybe two helpful questions, particularly if you haven't been here when we've done a takeaway thought before. The idea is we get in um, little groups, try and include those around you. If you'd rather not speak, that's fine. Just listen in to another group around you. And what is your takeaway from this call today to live a holy life? And what does this make you want to How does this make you want to respond? Maybe in this moment, maybe in your next week, what practically does that look like?